what you call a whale with bad posture? A hunchback whale. <laughs> uh, where do whales get weighed? At a railway station. <laughs> Jonah, Jonah, is, is that you? Ah, oh, Gareth, yes, yes, it's me, Jonah. I'm just entertaining my host here with some whale jokes. Hey, uh, what do whales need to stay healthy? Vitamin C. Get it? S-E-A? He gets it. Yeah, we get it, but why are you joking around? You're inside a giant fish. You know it says fish in the Bible, Jonah, not whale. We don't know what kind of fish it was, but it doesn't have to be a whale. You are a whale. Oh, don't whale on Gareth. Fish, whale, who cares? Don't you see that that's why I'm so happy? God has rescued me. He didn't let me die. God sending this giant beast to rescue me might seem unbelievable to all the skeptics out there, but it proves that I am righteous, that I am worth saving. God is on my side. Yeah, right. It, it does seem unbelievable, even though there was a bloke in the 19th century who survived a couple of days inside a whale, and just 18 months ago, a scuba diver in Cape Cod was swallowed whole by one and then spat out again. Yes, yes, I'm sure it's not that hard to find other examples, but if you're willing to believe that there is a God that created the entire universe and is in control of every single atom, every single fibre of the being of every creature, well then it would be nothing for him to keep me alive inside a giant fish for a few days now, would it? Yeah, that's exactly my point. I can't believe I'm hearing that from you of all people, Jonah. Whatever do you mean, Gareth? Well, Jonah, we just read the prayer that you prayed while you were inside the fish's belly. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Some of my finest work, I thought, very holy, very religious, ticked all the boxes. I mean, I felt like I owed the big fella such a poetic prayer after he rescued me and all. It was the least I could do, really. But, Jonah, this prayer was about everything that you did. You hardly mentioned God and what he did. And when you do mention him, you lie about him. Lie? Gareth, I am one of God's finest prophets. I would never lie. Well, in verse 3, you said... When you threw me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, the current overcame me. All your breakers and your billows swept over me. Look, I'm not following, Gareth. That is what happens when you are thrown into the ocean in a storm now, isn't it? Yeah, but Jonah, God didn't throw you into the sea. That was all your idea. The sailors, they were all crying out to their gods, but you refused to pray, remember? You only started praying once you were inside the fish. You told those men on board the ship to throw you in so that God might spare the sailors. But it was all your idea. God didn't command it. You wanted to die rather than going to Nineveh, remember? But Gareth, I, I pretty much did die. That's what I said in verses 5 and 6. I said, the water engulfed me up to my neck. The watery depths overcame me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. I like that bit, very dramatic. I sank to the foundations of the earth. The earth's gates shut behind me forever. I was in death itself, Gareth. But just then, the Lord raised my life from the depths by sending the beast to rescue me. You see, I was right all along. God could have let me drown, but he rescued me at just the right moment when I was at my lowest point, literally. Yes, just then, at just the right time. It kind of reminds me of another part of the Bible where Paul writes, at the just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, uh, who is Paul and who is this Christ fellow you're speaking of? I haven't heard of him. No, you won't have heard of him yet. He's still a few centuries away from when you were inside that fish. But his point is that we can't do anything to save ourselves. It wasn't when we started to turn ourselves around or be all religious and moral like you that he chooses to rescue us. No, he demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. A sinner? I'm no sinner, Gareth. I am God's prophet Jonah. Look, sure, I ran away from going to Nineveh, but they're the real sinners, and now hopefully God has come to his senses and realised that those Ninevites should be punished. So I'm assuming that all is well, and soon enough I'll be delivered back to Israel, and I'll see the temple once more. Now, did you notice I mentioned the temple quite a lot? Very pious of me, I thought. I do love that temple. Yes, but you don't love God, Jonah, and, and you don't love your enemies. You finish your prayer saying, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will make good. See, you accept that God loves you, but you don't seem to love God. You're just thankful for what you can get out of him. And then you have a crack at the foreigners who you say worship idols and are worthless. Yeah, it's like that filthy crew of sailors who were wailing to their worthless gods in the storm when I knew all along that it was the Lord who was in control of the seas. Yes, but what you don't realise, Jonah, is that those filthy sailors, as you called them, they have turned to the Lord. Back up on deck, they offered sacrifices, they vowed to worship God alone because they believed the only true thing that you said in your whole prayer. And what's that, Gareth, since you seem to know this story better than me? It's the last line of your prayer that salvation comes from the Lord. But you seem to think that salvation is all about you, that you've been proven right, so you're being saved, that you've earned all of this. But Jesus tells us that we need God to save us because we can't do it ourselves. We can't love the Lord with all our heart and soul. You don't, neither do I. And we can't love our neighbours ourselves, let alone our enemies, and you certainly don't love them. God still has a lot of work to do on your heart, Jonah. Did you ever think that that is why he didn't let you drown? So that maybe he could actually continue to teach you something about your need for his forgiveness? Jonah, are you, are you listening to me? Sorry, sorry, Gareth. I just missed that last bit. It's beginning to get a bit wild in here. I think I've given my host indigestion. Look, I'm assuming he's going to deliver me back to Jerusalem. Look, I don't know who this Jesus bloke is that you keep rabbiting on about, but if he knew how tough I'd had it, I'm sure he would understand. But, Joan, that's the whole point. He does understand far more than you'll ever know, and he'll go down much deeper than you've gone. He'll go to death itself, and then death's going to vomit him back to life because salvation is from the Lord, as you say. Jonah, can you hear me? Uh, I can't hear you, Gareth. Well, you probably wouldn't listen anyway. Enjoy the ride, Jonah. All right, well, we'll see what happens to Jonah next week. Thank you.